Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is going on, everybody? This is episode 72 of Elijah Fire. I'm your host, Jeff Tharp. I'm really excited you guys are here. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about today's episode. This is going to be awesome. Comment down below. And you can do that not just on YouTube. We love it. We read the comments. Uh, we can't engage with everybody. We can't respond to everybody. But they're there. And also, if you testify, someone else can see that. They're like, whoa. Like, even if it's a healing, okay? Well, use healing, for example. It, it, if somebody is like, there is no way, no way that God heals people through live streams. Well, guess what, guys? He does. And he does it all the time. And he does it through broadcasts like this, Elijah streams, other broadcasts. Uh, we see it all the time. And we get to talk to the people that got healed. And it's amazing. Uh, so testifying you other people see that and that builds their faith um and so they go okay wow i want i okay lord all right cool if that's something you do then let's do this uh and so just yeah comment engage with one another pray for one another you guys are amazing at that i see you guys in the comments you guys are like prophesying over one another praying for one another it's amazing i love it so okay uh, really quick um how many of you, by a show of hands, know what the mountains are, the seven mountains of society or seven spheres of society? If you're a YWAMer like myself, we talked a lot about the seven spheres of society. Uh, for those of you who don't know what they are, that's arts and entertainment, media, education, religion, government slash politics, business slash economy, and family. As I just spit, my bad. <laughs> if there was ever anybody who it's obvious they have a calling to that seventh mountain of family. It's my guest today. Uh, and I'm sure she's got some other areas where the Lord has highlighted to her, but man, she does family well. And her and her husband do family well. Uh, she's a prophetic teacher and revivalist. She's also the author of Hear Their Voices, a portrait of an American foster family. Let's welcome my guest today, Harmony Klingenmeyer. Hey! Welcome to the show, Harmony. Thank you so much, Jeff. It is an honor to be with you. Mm, it's an honor for us, too. I love what you're doing. <clears throat> I love what you and your husband are about. So for the people that don't know, why don't you give them a rundown of, of what you do? Because you, you I'll, I'll let you say it. <laughs> well, um, the, the foundation of my ministry is my home. My husband and I have parented 19 children out of foster care in the state of Oregon. That's crazy. And we have adopted three sons from mm. foster care. And we rehabilitate children of trauma in our home. We've seen wow. incredible, incredible miracles. I always tell people, you know, we, we do a really, uh, a labor of love, love, a hard work. Uh, but the truth is that I get a front seat to all the miracles, to all the salvations, 11 salvations in my home, seven oh. water baptisms, children oh. praying in the spirit, filled mm. with the Holy Spirit, prophesying over, over other children, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Wow. I get to watch my children get up and give their testimony of how God healed them from radical attachment disorder, from fetal alcohol syndrome, from shaken baby syndrome. Oh. Ooh, my, I just feel the Holy Spirit yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, and I get to have the front seat view of what God is doing in the generation and what is possible mm. when a daddy and a mama decide that they are going to parent in the spirit. They're going to birth sonship in their children, Come not on. just 
not just to have kids and raise them up, but to recognize that we are the ones who are anointed and mantled to mantle and anoint a generation. And, and so that is the foundation of our ministry. And it's of so amazing. So amazing. It, the, uh, and you guys do a, uh, I'm seeing it right here, a prophetic parenting curriculum uh, called Kitchen Table Kingdom. Yes. I love I love the name, first of all. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Daddy God definitely gave me the name. Mm. I had a few in my back pocket, but I heard, mm. I just heard, kept hearing Kitchen Table Kingdom. And the, the premise of that curriculum in the book uh, that I'm writing, I'm actually in the process of writing it okay. um, and but i have been traveling and teaching the material because really um it has to get out mm. it, it has to get out because the 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 issues that we're facing in ministry today the issues we're facing in government today yeah. the issues that we're facing in culture and society today the root of those issues are in the family mm, come on and so in order to to see our culture and our society transformed we have to address the cancerous tumors that are in the body of the family mm. and and yeah. so that's the purpose so even while i'm writing i'm traveling and teaching and mm. my my husband scott is so supportive he just is the pillar of strength in my life and god he, bless scott <laughs> yes he provides for us so he provides and he he stays mm. at home when i travel mm. i do i do choose um, to travel just once a month so I can spend a lot of time in my local church and mm -hmm. in my family. Mm -hmm. Those are where my roots are. But yeah. yeah, we are teaching it. Yeah. So I'm really curious where this all started for you and your husband, because um, 19 foster children, that's, that's an undertaking. And um, I would imagine uh, not without heartache and uh, challenges. But where did that start for you and your husband? So it starts in our own, I would say it starts in our own testimonies. It starts in our own brokenness that Papa mm. God healed. Mm. So um, I've been married twice. Scott is my second and last final husband. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one that daddy God set apart for me. Mm. But, um, and he, I um, experienced a, a tremendous amount of trauma in mm. my first marriage. Yeah. And um, I came out of a, a broken religious system. I grew up in, the, in a strong, loving, amazing family. They were actually the first people to tell me the call of God on my life. My grandparents put me in the pulpit at 16 years old. So I have a foundation. But the foundation was already cracked. And the reason it was cracked is because um, I experienced uh, a perceived rejection by my biological father. Mm. And, and I feel like I'm speaking to some people right oh, now. You some, absolutely are. Yeah. Some anointed, powerful, yeah. beautiful treasures mm -hmm. who are carrying a broken heart. And mm -hmm. the reason they're carrying a broken heart is because they looked at the face of their human papas. Mm -hmm. And they were searching for the face of their, their papa in heaven. And just like, just like me. I received a wound from my natural father. Mm. And then God was so gracious. He actually raised up a father for me who adopted me, who adopted my older sister. My mom remarried and my, he was a stepdad, quote unquote, but he was just my daddy. He adopted us and he began to show me what father looked like. But because of that wound, 
I really mm -hmm. needed deep inner healing. Mm -hmm. And that wound walked with me a long time until, um, until I came out of the cult, actually. When I came out of that religious organization, mm -hmm. out of that broken marriage, mm -hmm. God began to walk me on a path. He was really revealing his face to me. And he revealed it to me so that I could step into the generational line with his face mm -hmm. and restore that connection between children and the heart of Father God. And so that's the birthplace. And my husband, who was raised by um, a, a, an incredible loving mama, but a very broken father, mm. had the same marred image. And God started him on this journey of healing uh, the, the father wounds that we were both carrying. Mm. And um, it took a, you know, it took a decade, but God has done a great work in us so that we can do that work in the kids. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing too, like with both of both you and your husband that I think there's a tendency to see a cyclical behavior uh, from generation to generation where, you know, well, my father was this way, so I'm this way. And, and um, you know, that anger propels you forward. Maybe you don't even know you're angry, but it's propelling you forward and it's dictating your decisions and, yeah. and you're in bondage. And, and, and mm -hmm. it's amazing to see that both you and your husband said, you know what, maybe, maybe uh, this parent did us wrong. Maybe they, they weren't acting in accordance with God's will. They weren't uh, acting, uh, you know, with uh, godly behavior, but mm -hmm. we can be better. God has the, is the ultimate example, but obviously you need that, that, that healed, that relationship with God yeah. healed because you're dealing with fathers and yeah. uh, there's an absence of, of fathers. Um, yes. And yeah. especially, I would say, especially even within um, the millennial generation, there's a lot yes. of brokenness, broken mm -hmm. homes, a lot yes. of that. So, yeah, there's actually 18.3 million children in the United States being raised by single moms. Wow. So we have, we have 18 million children without a daddy. Mm. And um, the truth is that if we do not rise up in this season, I always tell people, you know, if, if we are unwilling to parent this generation, there is someone who will, mm. and it's the enemy. Mm -hmm. He would love access to this generation and he would love the church to stay silent. He would, he would love for us all to sit back and to say, uh, that's somebody else's job. Mm. The and the truth is, uh, if we don't do it, it, it will be the enemy and we, we will lose this generation. But there is hope. Mm -hmm. There's hope. And the whole entire reason Daddy God walked us through this process of healing was that so that we could demonstrate it to our children and then show the, the church how to do this. You know, mm. it, we are. Um, you know, we're just normal people. Yeah. We're not, we're not, I, you know, I'm, I was a teacher in, before I went into full-time ministry, I taught in the public schools. And so I have some skills in my tool belt, you know, for de-escalation and things like that. But those things can be learned. Mm -hmm. All those, all those pieces can be learned. The truth is we just need someone to say yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's amazing too, that your experience with, uh, raising foster children, kids that have come from really rough places yeah. and, and have a lot of baggage, a yeah. lot of wounds that those are skills that, that any parent can pull from. It's not just, well, I'm not, I can check out because I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm not, you know, in the foster care system. I haven't adopted any kids. 
but then there are also people who don't have any kids at all, including myself. Mm -hmm. My wife and I have talked about adopting as a possibility, mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. as biological children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, and so this is something that I think everybody can glean from. Yes. Regardless mm -hmm. of of where you stand, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're yes. a parent, whether you're not a parent. Um, yes. I think that it's it's really great, really great. Yeah, it's really, I mean, we're all called to parent. Yeah. And it looks different for each one of us. You know, even mm -hmm. the single people who are listening to this right now, you can be a parent today. You know, you might be in the workplace and you're standing next to a mama or a daddy who has kids, who doesn't know who they are in Jesus, who doesn't, then maybe they're pre-saved, you know, maybe they haven't given their heart to Jesus yet. They don't know your, their value. They're carrying the orphan spirit themselves. And someone needs to reach into their lives with the fathering heart of God. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's each one of us, mm -hmm. whether or not you take in a foster child. And you know what? The truth is, if you're not in a place to take in foster kids, there's a foster family near you who could use your help and support. Mm, who could yeah. use your your love and your presence and and maybe a babysitter so that <laughs> you know mom and dad can go out and and go on a date because the truth is that the divorce rate for foster families is much higher. Oh wow. Than it is for the regular populace wow. because of the stress and challenge of raising children of trauma. Yeah, that makes sense. I wouldn't I I hadn't thought about it, but I mean you explain I'm like yeah, that that does make sense. There's a lot of a lot of pressure. It is. It is. And, and, and yet part of the issue is isolation. So if we are willing to come around them, if we're willing to love them and to pray for them and to take them dinner once in a while and to watch their kids so that they can go on a date and so forth and so on. If we're willing to sow our time, energy and resources into a family who's doing the challenging work of rehabilitating a generation, then we'll see less fallout from foster care. We'll see less divorce. But somebody has to say it's not somebody else's job. It's my job. And it can it can look different for each one of us. It can look like taking in foster kids, adopting from foster from foster care can look like supporting a foster family can look like making a donation. You know, mm. there's all these different ways that you can provide support. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you feel like there is a little bit of within the church? Um, I think the church is doing a lot right. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not one that's going to sit here and be like, let's throw shade on the church. I don't think that that's, I think there's always room for improvement though. And I think mm -hmm. that, um, do you feel like there's a little bit of trepidation from people on the outside where they see a foster family and they're like, Oh, I don't want to disturb them. Or maybe they're like, Whoa, these kids, are. I'm just going to, do you feel like there is a little bit of that? For sure. I think there's a lot of fear. And I, I actually think the enemy works with that fear. Mm. You know, he would like you to not get involved. He would like yeah. us to stay on the outside. And so he just uses our our um, insecurities. He uses yeah. our fears to keep us silent, to keep us from stepping in. Um, but the truth is, is, uh, you know, no matter what it is Papa God calls us to, there's always reasons not to do it. <laughs> there's, there's always a, infinite yeah <laughs> there's infinite excuses right yeah. but we're just as a as a foster family you know coming from the inside um what we really need is to be championed mm -hmm. that's good that's really good feel the holy spirit yeah we really need to be championed by the church mm -hmm. we need to be celebrated by the church 
And uh, we need to be loved by the church, embraced by the church. We need to be encouraged. We need, we need children's ministries in the church who minister to children of trauma, mm. right? We need to build children's, as a children's pastor myself, as a children's minister myself, um, I am building a program here at my church, Garden Valley Church, that is inclusive. And it allows for kids who are messy, who come with needs, Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's a, a, a child who's, you know, because we all know as as biological parents, sometimes our own kids have some things, you know, it's not just foster kids yeah. that have special needs. But we need to build, build an environment in the church where it's OK to be a little messy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and embrace foster families, including maybe um, the it's a little bit of an inconvenience. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, absolutely. And there's a there's like. There's like a thousand different directions that I want to go all at the same time. So yes. we're going to just allow the Holy Spirit to kind of guide this thing because yes. there's a lot, there's so much to unpack. There's yes. a lot to talk about. So mm-hmm. let, let's go back to when you and your husband decided to, you're like, let's, let's do foster care. I don't know what that process was like, but when, when was that first kid brought in and what was that mm-hmm. process like? Was it surprising when you were like, whoa, like this kid is really hurt? Well, uh, our process began with a prophetic word on our third okay. date, uh, Pastor, or, I'm sorry, on, on our third date, um, Scott and I were having dinner. And afterward, I was talking to my cousins, they're good friends of mine. And I went over to their house. I was so excited. I was going to tell them about this incredible man I just met. Yeah. And it was a season of uh, kind of of rest and dormancy for me. I wasn't in ministry of any kind. And mm. Um, I just come, like I said, I came out of that broken religious system mm-hmm. and, uh, and I was sitting across from them and all of a sudden out of my spirit came a word that would totally change the trajectory of our lives. Um, just out of my spirit came, Scott is called to be a father to a generation of fatherless sons. Wow. And the whole room just went silent because my, my cousins are believers and they mm-hmm. just looked at me and they said, Harmony, that was God. Mm. I said, yeah, and I'm going to marry him. I just knew (laughs) immediately. Love it. I was like, that's the man I'm going to marry. Done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, I had no idea what that would look like. I, I, Mm. I I didn't know, for example, that God had set us apart and that we wouldn't be having kids naturally because, you know, we'd only gone on two, two, three dates. So Mm -hmm. I didn't know very much about him, but um, over the course of time, and when I finally did, because, you know, he grew up Lutheran. And okay, I, yeah. I, I grew up Lutheran for a little while, too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he didn't know anything about the prophetic. He didn't mm. He didn't know I was the crazy lady who listened to God yet. <laughs> um, so I didn't tell him that right away. But over time, you know, that word began to burn in my spirit and was, like, heavy in my, in my bones, you know. Mm. So one day at dinner, I just said, um, you know, God told me something neat about you. And mm. would you like to hear what it is? <laughs> and he said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I said, well, God says that you're called to be a father to a generation of fatherless sons. Mm. And he said, he looked at me, his face got red and he was, he just said, um, harmony, I can't father children. Wow. And I said, um, yeah, it was like, it was a heavy, heavy moment, you know? Uh, we were still, you know, learning about each other. And I just looked at him and I said, I need you to listen to the word again. I need you to listen to the word again, because 
It's not about the kids you sire. Mm. It's about the children you father. Mm -hmm. God has called you to be a father to a generation of fatherless sons. And these children, they are already in the earth today. And what's so crazy about Mm. that, it was was 2010. And our firstborn, who's now adopted, his name is Brendan, was born in 2008. So when I, I was sitting at the dinner table with Scott, prophesying over him, telling him that the children he would parent were already in the earth. Brendan was across the country in Oregon waiting for us. That is amazing. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. That's so cool. So that's kind of the beginning, the prophetic beginning. and, And that's something about my life. My life is marked by the prophetic. Mm -hmm. I have chosen to prophesy over myself and to steward the words that God has spoken to me. Mm -hmm. And that mostly because of, to be honest, to be vulnerable because of the, some of the pain I've experienced and the the trauma that God has healed me from, I had to hear God for myself. You know, I had to be, I had to be secure in his, his voice and know that I was hearing from him. And because I, I have hundreds of, of verses memorized because I spent, I spent all my life studying the scriptures since mm-hmm. I was a little girl. Um, I had this firm foundation for the prophetic, rooted and grounded in the scripture. And so I, I stewarded that word. And actually, when I told Scott later on, you know, he was, he was convinced that God didn't want him to be a dad mm. because he wasn't physically able. And so in his brain, the lie that the enemy had told him was, if you can't give birth naturally it must be that god doesn't want you to be a daddy Mm, and and so we went through a process of god healing that in his heart it actually took a good five years Uh, we moved across the country from wisconsin to oregon a whole process there during that whole time we were still carrying a lot of brokenness and god was working with us and loving us and healing us and he brought us to Oregon. And the first thing he did was not give us kids. He planted us and rooted us in the local church, in a church that was filled with fathers and mothers mm. who would love us mm, that's good. That's and good. walk with us mm. into our healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing, physical healing, Um and, and he gave us a spiritual dad, Pastor Craig, who began, who saw the gold, you know, mm-hmm. he saw the call of God and the, and, the, and the anointing and the giftings and all the things that were in me and Scott. And he decided that he was going to invest mm-hmm. his time, energy and resources into seeing us become all that God had called us to be. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that is a key, a really key and important piece is that uh, many of us who have carried the orphan spirit need to be spiritually parented. Mm -hmm. We need to be um, experienced wholeness in the church. And actually I feel in this season, I feel in the season that God is reconnecting the wounded prophets to the body of Christ. I feel Mm -hmm. in the season, I see a picture in the spirit realm. I've shared this just this uh, is a vision the Lord gave me a couple weeks ago. I saw a great warrior standing on the earth mm-hmm. and his, his head was in the sky and his feet were on the ground and his neck was severed. Mm-hmm. And I heard the Lord say the modern prophetic movement 
has been severed from the body of Christ for too long through woundedness and through the orphan spirit. And in this season, I will reconnect the head to the body. I will reconnect the prophets to the body of Christ, the prophets to the fivefold ministry. I will reconnect even my prophetic sons and daughters who maybe they walked into a church with their prophetic gifts and, and they weren't embraced. Mm. I know many of us have experienced that. I hear the Lord saying he's healing you in this season and he's reconnecting you. He's going to allow your roots to go down deep mm. into the soil of the local church so mm. that you can truly flourish and bring forth prophetic fruit. Mm. We, we need the body. And, mm. and that's what God proved to us through Garden Valley Church here in Rosemary. Yeah. Come on. So what I love about your, when you were on your relationship with Scott, you giving him that prophetic word is showing the power of a prophetic word because yeah. it's not, it's always goes so much deeper than we think, you know, he, he was looking at merely in the physical, I can't father children, uh, yes. but it was deeper. And you're like, I need you to listen to it closer. And, and there's, there is an, a measure of engaging his faith in that prophetic word. Maybe he was like, I don't know, but like, okay, you know, um, I don't know what that process was like, but fatherhood just like motherhood just like being male and female goes a lot deeper than just physical like okay well i yes. i you know my my you know my wife and i had a kid we fathered parented them okay boom now they're on their own like it goes so much deeper than that because yes. that mentality has actually hurt a lot of pe a lot mm -hmm. of of people yeah. who are now adults that were children yes. um and so it goes so much deeper than that and i love mm -hmm. just the power of of that seed, which is that prophecy that you mm -hmm. gave him yeah. and that God does the rest. And it's yes. just like, Oh man, it's so awesome. Like guys, that's why prophecy is legit. Like it's like that. <laughs> that's why it's legit. Everybody. Come on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Prophecy is legit. Yeah. Prophecy is legit. It comes with a contract. Yeah. So the thing about the prophetic is that when God speaks, it's like this. He, the Lord says to me, this is just an example. Mm -hmm. Daughter, you are called to deadlift 500 pounds. I'm like, wow, that's exciting. I'm going to deadlift 500 pounds. I don't even yeah. know what that means, but yeah. one day I'm going to deadlift 500 pounds. Then he says to me, now I bought you a gym membership. And I'm going to pick you up in the morning and take you to the gym. So the idea that the prophetic word is just, you know, it's just this thing that's going to, it's just poof, it's just going to come to pass. Mm -hmm. The thing is, it comes with a contract. Exactly. And if, if you want to see the prophetic word come to pass in your life, there's going to be a journey that God walks you on. There's going to be a process of development, right? It's like, it's just like when we, this is another example people use all the time. If you ask God for patience, I mean, what's going to happen <laughs> is God is going to place you in situations where you get to practice your patience. Right? Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the power, the prophetic word. And that's why there's always an opportunity. You can say yes, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. You have choice. Love mm -hmm. offer always offers choice. Yeah. And recognize that when you say yes to the prophetic voice of God, who you're saying yes to the process. Mm-hmm. You're saying yes to the to the crushing, to the growing. And that that's really what Scott and I walked through. We walked through some intense, some intense healing, some intense mm. process, some intense crushing. But it's 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 been life changing. So we we did. We moved to Oregon. We got planted in this body. 
I, I really want to emphasize that. I really feel like Daddy God's like, I love the local church. Mm. I love those little churches that nobody knows about. I love those shepherds mm. who are doing the hard work of feeding and protecting the sheep every single week. His heart is in the local church. So we got planted in the local church. And then about four or five months later, not very long, I was teaching at an elementary school. I was teaching music. And um, I was in my kitchen. And I felt the atmosphere behind me shift in the spirit realm. And I slow turned, you know, and I, and all on my floor, all of a sudden on my floor in the kitchen was a little boy. Mm. And I looked down at this little boy and I said, Holy Spirit, who is that? And he said, that's your seven-year-old son. Mm. And I said, what do you want me to do? Now, I'm, I'm just... I'm just showing you, it's like a process, right? Yeah. The prophetic word is a process. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he showed me the little boy and I could have said, cool. All right. I'm done for today. Right. Yeah. Instead, I turned to him and said, what, what do you want me to do? Daddy God. Mm. And he said, I want you to declare in the spirit realm. I want you to prophesy that an emergency placement will come to you. And secondly, I want you to sign up for foster care classes. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and so before Brendan came to live with us, we had signed up for foster care classes based on the vision. We signed up for foster care classes and we um, began to declare and prophesy. I just began to prophesy. There is a seven year old boy. He will be placed with us because of an emergency placement in the name of Jesus. I just mm. said exactly what Jesus said. I just did exactly what daddy God told me to do. And then one day I was standing outside of um, the school building and I was having a conversation with a lady. I just happened to mention that we had signed up for foster care classes. And she said, you want to be a foster parent? And I said, yeah, I do. She said, I know a little boy who needs a placement right now. And I, I, I just sort of nodded, you know, nodded like, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, you know. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then yeah. I said, I said, um, can like, she, she was an IA in a special needs classroom. So I said, does he have special needs? And she said, I can't tell you anything about it because of HIPAA. I can't tell you anything about it. I was like, cool. Um, so she said, but I'm going to get permission because he, he was a student of mine. So that is covered under HIPAA. Um, I'm going to get permission and I'm going to chat with you after school. And 24 hours later, Brendan came home to be wow. our son. The, wow. the interesting thing is, is that evening after the, the lady spoke to me, I said, Scott, Scott, I think we're about to become parents. And he said, don't tell me anything. Don't tell me until he's here. Mm -hmm. Because his heart, he longed to be a daddy so oh, badly. And he was like, he was, you know, worried about the disappointment. You know, and so I was just like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to go over here and do this covert operation. And then I'm going to bring you home of son. That's oh. what I'm going to do. Man, what a wife. <laughs> and so um, the next day I didn't tell Scott anything. And I was taught the social worker showed up. I did an emergency placement. But, uh, you have to sign paperwork, all this stuff. I did it all. And I didn't tell Scotty anything. Mm. And I, he was working, he was working 10 to seven. And I went home with, with Brennan, Brennan sitting on our couch. I took a picture of him 
And I sent it to Scott and I said, congratulations. Oh man. Wow. That's, that's amazing. (laughs) And he's been with you guys ever since. Yeah. It'll be seven years in December. And that opened a door. Uh, Brendan had very high needs. And so at first they did not want to give us any other foster children. But then over the course of six or seven months, they begin to see the intense transformation that Brendan went through. He was partially nonverbal when he came to us. He spoke in one and two word phrases. He had very some very challenging things with his body. He had 12 abscesses in his mouth. Mm. Um, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't say the ABCs or count to 20. Mm. And over the course of six months, he learned to read. His, his mouth was completely healed. Um, God restored his skin. He had really severe rosacea. God restored mm. his skin. He gave his heart, little heart to Jesus. Mm. And um, over the course of those six or seven months, God just said, I'm about to, there's about to be a floodgate open. Yeah. But the truth is we were in training. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan was training us, not yeah. the other way around. <laughs> And then yeah. uh, just eight months later, uh, Max came to live with us. His, his needs were even higher. Wow. He was. Okay. Oh, sorry. Continue. No, and then fine. we'll. Yeah. <laughs> he was. I just love to tell this little bit of the story. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Um, he was six years old when he came to us and he already tried to commit suicide. Six years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And because he had been traumatized and violated and and so Man. he he was he thought he would say i'm trash and he would climb inside the trash can and, um and he was actually on his way to an institute and they said that wow. just the social worker reached out to me she said i heard that you re- you there's like miracles happening in your home and uh would you take this little boy and i i was honest i said i don't know if we know enough or if we're the right fit, but we want to be, we want to be the right fit for him. And so he came to live with us and it was, it was very challenging. (laughs) Yes. I would imagine it was challenging (laughs) with something like that. So he's uh, he's fully healed now. Oh, he is. He's completely healed. Praise the Lord. He's completely restored. Okay. So I can hear people asking this question so i'm gonna ask it for people you're welcome um how how because there's some people who are who are mothering and fathering small children right now who don't have disabilities who are a handful how like like like, let's talk about the how you get brandon was the first kid brandon brendan brendan okay so brendan comes in you know he's got special needs how did you guys posture yourself? I'm sure you guys made mistakes, yep. but let's talk about the how. Let's 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 get into it. Yes. Okay. Very important because the prophetic can be woo. It can be a swirl, but God is all about the practical. So yeah. here we go. The, the thing is, is when you listen to the Holy Spirit, He will give you the one, two, three. He mm. will give you every step to bring mm. transformation. So the first mm. and most important thing is, I would say, is what I call identity therapy, and it's my husband. Every single night, he takes the hands of my children and he says, repeat after me. You are a son of God. I am a son of God. (laughs) You are filled with the Holy Spirit. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. You belong to this family. 
I belong to this family. You're an artist. I'm an artist. You're strong. I'm strong. You're capable. I'm capable. Uh, you, like just all these different confessions. Mm-hmm. He always says, you're a son of God. Jesus loves you. And you're my fishing buddy. You're special to me and mom. And you're my fishing buddy. Or you're special to me and mom. And you're my boy. And they mm-hmm. know what's coming. They know that they're going to be identified in their sonship. And they have parts of it memorized. And then he'll put in new parts, right? If, if we're like, we really need to see an improvement in this specific area, Scott will target that and he'll speak that. Like, you love to put things together because mm. Maxie likes to, he has taken a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. So it'd be like, Maxie, you love to build and create and put things together. You are a solution to a problem mm. in the earth right now. God released you to be a solution. Like, so... Every single day, they're getting their identities spoken over them consistently. And there is a ton of self-control that Scott and I choose to walk in with our mouths. Because we recognize the damage, both the damage and the power that can be released through the mouth of a father or mother. So that you can start right now. You get just... Today, doesn't matter what time of the day it is where you're at right now, you can go to your baby girl, baby boy, and say, hey, repeat after me. And just have them say amazing things about themselves. And make sure it's in Jesus' name. In Mm. Jesus' name. You're prophesying over them in Jesus' name. So that's number one. And be consistent. Be consistent. And you'll see just that. If you just do that, you'll see some transformation. Okay. Mm. Secondly, children need sleep okay children need like a lot of sleep in fact if you're if you're a child you know if you are a foster adoptive parent you you have a traumatized brain in your home that god is restoring Mm. he's healing it through you and just like mama cat said today you have the authority to uh protect the soul of your child Hmm. to release the trauma that has happened to them. You have the apostolic authority in your home to cut off demonic assignments and attacks and plans of the enemy so that they never reach your children. And when they walk through the door of my home, I really, it's like they left the spiritual baggage outside. I had social workers say, Oh, this child struggles with this and struggles with that. And I'd be like, That is never going to happen in my home. And guess what? It never has. Because the the line of demarcation is the blood of Jesus. And when they cross over the boundary of my property, that has to stay on the other side. Okay. So recognizing that um, this this is another principle, recognizing your spiritual authority and walking in it. But your children need sleep. They need nine to 11 hours of sleep if they haven't had trauma. Hmm. And that looks like routines. It looks like sacrificing fun and late nights so that your babies can go to bed on time. Hmm. It looks like having a, a structured bedtime routine that they feel safe in. It looks the same every night. I know what's coming. I know what to do. I know how to be successful. And there's joy because there's connection. Routines should all be built around intimate connection between you and your babies. This Mm -hmm. is for both 
biological parents, foster parents and adoptive parents, all parents. Routines bring safety and boundary, boundaries that help your children feel safe and it helps them succeed. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. And I always say, I, you know who Jeff Foxworthy is? You mm-hmm. know, you might be a redneck if, yep. right? Yep. I always say you might need a routine if. If your children won't eat what they're served, you need a routine. If your children struggle to go to bed on time, you need a routine. If your mornings are hectic and crazy, you need a routine. So routines really help kids to be successful. Mm. And routines takes consistency. So these are actually the principles, some of them. There's a lot of principles that we teach in Kitchen Table Kingdom. Mm, Love it. And then I would imagine, too, when you implement those principles, say you've got a troublesome toddler who will not, they're always fighting all the way. It's you that needs to be a bulwark of consistency and and stability. And like, no, this is not negotiable. Yes. You will will do this. Uh, Yeah. That's exactly right. There needs to be a foundational piece in Mm. the parent so that the emotion can come at you. Because, you know, we're we're molding and shaping this beautiful life, this treasure Mm. in our hands. And there needs to be consistent foundational piece where it says, it's okay for you to be emotional. It's totally okay. It's okay for you to yell. Thank you for sharing with me how you feel. (laughs) Right here, this isn't changing. Mm. This is love. This is peace. And when you're ready to take the next step of obedience, I'll be right here. Mm. Right? So, and then there's, you know, there's the thing about safety with the body. There's all these different pieces that are so important. But If you can start with identity therapy, if you can walk in your spiritual authority and you can implement routines, you are going to see massive transformation in the lives of your children. Mm. I I promise, I promise you, it's like a money bag guarantee. (laughs) Like I have seen the hardest cases totally transform. So if it can work for my babies, it can work for yours. Mm, That's amazing. And so many people are just like, like if, Okay, I could do it. So, yes. Um, yes. and what has God shown you this approach? Um, and it's kind of a broad question, I guess, but we'll see where it goes. Um, what has God shown you about the future of investing in your kids this way? Because I, I, I'm really curious to see what, what the Lord has shown you. Well, the first thing we need to understand, it is not the job of the church to mantle the next generation. Hmm. I know that sounds a little bit controversial because no, we're really, always yeah. we're mantling in the church all the time, which is okay. It's the reason we do it is because there's a need for spiritual parenting yeah. in the generation, and there's many, many, many millions of people who were not spiritually parented as children. But that was not God's original design. Mm. His original design for the kingdom is the family structure, not the church. Mm, that's so good. The church's mm-hmm. job is to do the, do the work of restoring the family to its rightful place as the reflector of Trinity. That's what the church is to be about, restoring family. Otherwise, the church will continue to put Band-Aids on flesh wounds. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll continue to hand out Tylenol for the cancers yeah. that exist in the family. So we must address the issues and the needs of the family. 
that re- tell me your tell me your question once more because I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so how is yeah how is God? This is all good. Uh, it's all good. Um, how, how what has the Lord shown you about investing in your kids this way? Yes. yes. The the payoff, I guess, or or yes, or how that's going to end up looking. Yes. So the mantling is so important. So I believe that I'm the prophet of my home. Mm. In fact, I believe my husband is the apostle of my home and I'm the prophet of my Mm. home. I believe that the father mother structure, the church actually reflects the structure of the family. We know that we stand on the, the foundation of the apostles and prophets in the church. And we, the family is apostolic and prophetic. And we have fathers as the apostle and mothers as the prophet. Mm. So I believe my job first and foremost is to see from the third heaven perspective. I am called to step up above what is happening in the natural and what is happening in the second heavens where principalities are mm. working their mischief mm. to try to mess up my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm called to actually not give that my energy. I'm called to step up to the third heaven and to decree and declare from the third heaven perspective what God has to say about my children. But actually, it starts with me. I must first see for my own heart. I must steward my own heart first. I must steward my marriage second. And then I must steward my children third Mm. in that order. Yeah, I love that. So good. Very important that I have prophetic vision for myself, Mm -hmm. prophetic vision for my marriage. And when I... When those two stewardships are in place, what will happen is an increase, exponential increase of the prophetic vision for my kids, for my church, and for my community, mm. right? We're going to start with the heart. I, I know a lot of amazing love. I love them. And they come to me and they say, I don't know how to hear God for myself. And if, if that's where we're at, okay, we've got to start right there, right? To teach people how to, how to carry the heart of Papa God for them. Heal the connection, heal the orphan spirit that people are carrying, right? Mm-hmm. And then they can have strong marriages and then they'll have strong families. So mm, man, heart stewardship is where it begins. It's upside down right now, but with a lot of people, by the way, it's like kids, spouse, and then yourself last. So, that's it. Yeah. And we see marriages suffering, massively yeah. suffering because parents have thought they have thought that it was God's will for them to prefer their children over their spouse. That is the opposite of what God wants. Actually, Mm. it is only possible to prefer your children fully. If you have first preferred your spouse, Mm. when you, when you show favoritism to, to your children, you are actually hurting them. When you prefer them above your spouse, you're actually damaging them. And, and so in order, if your heart really is to prefer your babies, and I know every mama listening to me right now is like, oh, my, it's my heart is to prefer my babies, then prefer your husband first because Sorry. your sons and your daughters are watching you mm-hmm. and the future of marriage is in their eyes. Mm-hmm. The future of the family is in what they see now. So this is what I'm saying. Because I see God shows me things first about myself. And let's just say in general, if someone is prophesying and they're not healing, hearing for themselves first, that's out of, out of order, right? Mm. We got to be listening to Papa God for ourselves first and, and allowing him to change and mold and transform us. Okay. Right. 
So I'm hearing for myself. I'm hearing for my marriage. I begin to prophesy over my sons and the way that I train them, the way that I teach them, the way that I disciple them, the way that I teach them to pray. All these things are influenced by what I see in the spirit realm. So instead of focusing on their weaknesses, instead of focusing on their brokenness, I focus on the divine call of God, the identity and destiny and purpose that God has ordained them for. And I begin to mantle them with my mouth. Mm. I begin to declare over them like Brandon, my baby. He's 14 now, not a baby, but he is my baby. Still a baby to you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He is called to be a prophet to the nations. Yeah. And all, right, all the potential, all the potential for prophet to the nations is in him at this moment. And so I speak to the prophet. Mm. I speak to his calling. Wow. And I and my job as the mama is to actually to brood on the word until it becomes the reality. Mm. Just like a mama bird sits on the eggs, you know, mm-hmm. and broods yeah. over the eggs, and the Holy Spirit brooded over the face of the deep. Mm-hmm. The mama broods over the prophetic destiny of her children until it becomes reality. Mm. And and it takes not being distracted. It takes making your home a priority. It takes not listening to the lies of the enemy when things get messy, right? Yep. It takes a meditation and a position here. And, and that's why I encourage, you know, I encourage mamas to soak in the word. Mm, Spend so as much time, right? Listening to scripture, eating scripture, chewing on scripture, you know, uh, praying about scripture. What is God saying? You know, I'll turn on the uh, my dwell app and I just listen to the scripture. And I, before I put my feet on the ground in the morning, I open my Bible above my pillow. The word is life and bread. And if mm. I will soak in it, then the spirit of the living God will draw it out in the moment of need mm. to prophesy. Mm. Amen. So, so uh- So why do I lay that foundation? Because of your question, right? Mm -hmm. What is the prophetic destiny of this generation? The prophetic destiny of this generation is the billion soul harvest and the Mm -hmm. return of Christ. The prophetic destiny of this generation is the billion soul harvest. And everything that I say and do must align with the prophetic generation, the prophetic destiny of the Z and Alpha generations, specifically the Z and Alpha generations, okay? Yeah. And and when I speak, you know, in frustration, okay, once in a while we get frustrated and we say things we shouldn't say. That is the moment where we humble ourselves, right? Our kids need to know it's when what to do when they make Mm -hmm. mistakes. Mm-hmm. So they need to be in uh, repentance to be imparted to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, that's what I see. I see if we will, and this is, I'll, I'll add this to that. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the challenging thing. It's hard for me to say, but I feel like the Lord is um, asking me, is asking me to say it. Mm-hmm. We are excited about the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Yeah. We are excited mm-hmm. about the overturn of Roe versus Wade. Oh, yeah. But we need to understand the contractual nature of the prophetic word of God. And if we do not partner with by parenting this orphan generation, it won't matter that Roe v. Wade is overturned 
because in 30 years, abortion will come back, brought by the orphan generation we refused to parent. Wow. And this is... Yeah, that's heavy. It is heavy. And I I say it with, you know, judge the word, judge the word, judge. Mm -hmm. I believe in in that principle. But the, the truth is, we can say all day long, we hate abortion. We do. We do hate abortion. Mm-hmm. We hate the slaughter of the innocent. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is, it's, it's really important. There is a generation of boys and girls between the ages of 7 and 14 whom the church has refused to parent. When I talk to, to people about foster care and adoption, the most often the thing that I hear is, well, I'd be willing to take in a child if they were under the age of seven. Hmm. And I say, why is that? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you you say that? And they say, well, I'm concerned about the damage they'll do to my children. Hmm. And when I talk to people about boys, teenage boys, you know what I hear most often? I would never take in a foster foster child who's a teenager. Hmm. And when I say, why? They say, well, because they would probably assault my children. Yes. Kind of. That speaks to me as a lack of identity in who they know. Like they, even the lack of knowledge of their authority. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That says to me. And we know, we know that they do not recognize their authority because they are actually cursing the generation with their mouths. Yeah. They're cursing those little boys who may have never traumatized or violated anyone. Mm. But now because of the authority that has been given to the mouth of the bride, the the truth is there's lots of peer on peer trauma. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. And the question is, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? And then I hear people say the same thing about girls from over the age of 12. Oh, I would never take in a girl over the age of 12. Well, why? Because she'll accuse my husband of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. There's this constant um, brokenness coming out of the mouths and an unwillingness to step into the lives of the children who need it the most. Because the truth is, every 12-year-old girl in foster care is on the cusp of child trafficking. And every 14-year-old boy in foster care is on the cusp of criminalization. Mm. And if the church does not begin, and you're right about the church. I want to say right now, we foster and adopt, and adopt twice often as non-believers. Yeah. So we honor each and every one who has done so. And each and every person who is invested, like my dear friend, Audrey, who babysits for me. Right. Way to go, Audrey. Right. Yes. Audrey Frable is her name. She's a mighty woman of God. She mm-hmm. prophesies over my children. Right. So it, it, we honor those who invest. Mm-hmm. But there's a great need. And there's many who are still asleep to this need. Yeah. And that is the reason God has caused me to arise in this season. In order to say the hard things. Mm-hmm. In order to say it with great love. Yeah. In order to say it with great love. But to say Friends, if we really want to see the end of abortion, we have got to parent the generation who will be given birth to children in the next 20 years. Yeah, I think that's I think that's absolutely paramount. So 
normally i would say we're out of time but we're not out of time guys i have to i'm sorry i have to go longer it's just gonna happen because i got a lot more to talk about okay so um you guys both you and your husband both uh foster parent is it just boys is there something specifically about okay so let's talk about why because that's a big thing yes why boys yeah. Well, first of all, we were directed by the prophetic word. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> right. The prophetic word was you will be a father to a generation of fatherless sons. I We had no idea what that would mean. We had no idea that it would mean we were going to focus on boys. But um, the reason that we specifically that God called us to focus on boys is because manhood has been dissembled in culture. But we need to understand the reason why manhood has been dissembled in culture is because of the cancer that exists in the family. And this is this is where, you know, it gets painful. And I'm sure I'm speaking to some lives right now. The vast majority of assault perpetrated on children is perpetrated by men. Mm -hmm. And, And so we need to understand that the root of the orphan spirit is in the father. The root of the orphan spirit is in in how our fathers have either loved us or not loved us. In my case, I had a dad who didn't love me first, a biological father who abandoned us. And then daddy God provided me with an amazing daddy, Dan Ramsey, who adopted me, but my heart was already broken. And I couldn't receive love from my dad because of the wound that I had already received from my biological father. Now, God's totally restored it and have an awesome relationship with my dad. I love him so much and he's, you know, I'm so proud of him. He's a mighty man of God. But the point is, is it took time. Mm. And if we want to see, if we want to see se- sex trafficking end, we have to heal the fathers. Yeah. Sex trafficking, sex trafficking is perpetrated by men. Yep. For the, the vast majority of it. And I've been in like red light districts and ministered to those men. And I'll tell you something. I have not forgotten a single one of their faces. And I, I went to Thailand to a red light district with a ministry. We ministered. A lot of them were American and European and South African. And I have not forgotten a single one of their faces. And I still pray for them to this day. And that was back in 2009. So it, I can tell you these men are so broken like so broken so please as best you can take it before the lord if you have bitterness towards towards these men like they're so in need of love as well and i'm not shaming anybody i'm not shaming anybody no but i do know that that is one of the big things that has continued this cycle of allowing this to go on it's like we need to have the courage to to look those men in the eyes and speak their identity. That's what I did. Yes. I spoke yes. their identity to them. Come and on. I rocked this guy's yes. world awesome. who was in his 50s and he was he Come left on. his children in Ireland and he was still married to his wife, but he was he was engaging with this this prostitute in Thailand. And I looked and he said, I, I just don't love her anymore. And I said, love is a choice. I was like, we have to choose to love. I was like, those feelings will return. And I completely, I could just see God grabbed a hold of him right there. And it was just like this thousand yard stare. And and he was like, love is a choice. Wow. Love is a choice. And I, and I just started prophesying over him. I'm like in the red light district guys, like, come on, like, 
these men need love. They absolutely they need love. They do. They do. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now, back to the show. And you know what? You know, I, I understand. I understand from the victim's perspective. Yeah. And I and I understand because, um, you know, I, my, I have I've been on the other side. I've hurt people. So not children specifically, but when I was part of the cult, Mm. I got people involved in a religious organization because I was very charismatic and very engaging. Mm. And I would get people involved in this very harmful religious organization. Mm. I pulled them in. This is just so honest. Mm -hmm. So I understand what it's like to be on the other end, to be the one that hurts someone else. Mm. I understand. Mm I understand what it's like to be addicted to pornography for 20 years mm. because God set me free from pornography. Mm. So, you know what? I've never hurt a child, but the truth is my sin is my sin. And it's no different than those men over there in Thailand. Mm. They need the blood of Jesus. They need the yeah. healing of God. Mm-hmm. And we need to love them because if we don't love them, it will just continue. And the truth is that the children who are being we are refusing to parent right now little boys between the ages of 7 and 14. One day they will be the men who buy children in Thailand. Mm-hmm. One day they will be the men who consume child pornography. Yeah. And if because they were hurt as children, this is what you need to understand. People who wound children, the vast majority of them were abused as children. And so the the kids that we choose to parent, why do we choose to parent a generation of boys? Because we want them to grow up to be fathers instead Mm -hmm. of predators. Because we want them to grow up and image the face of Papa God onto their children instead of imaging their natural father's face who beat them and assaulted them and neglected them. And they saw, you know, one of my little boys, he saw his father sell his mother for sex. He saw his father, you know, do these things. He had to watch live sex acts. Like, do we want him to end up doing the same thing? No, we don't. In fact, we refuse. Mm. We refuse. Somebody has got to get angry. Somebody Mm. righteously filled with indignation. For this generation and say, I choose to parent that child in front of me. I choose. Okay, let's say you don't foster because, you know, maybe you don't have room in your home or maybe you have a, a you know, you have your own things going on. You, I understand. Then go to your church and mentor a team. Go to your church and volunteer, right? Go down to the, the homeless shelter that are filled with teens who nobody will parent. This is what we need to understand on the West Coast specifically. The homeless shelters are filled with teens, 15 to 18 years old. Mm. Why? Because they they couldn't find a home for them in the foster care system. Nobody would take them in. And this is why Scott and I choose. We choose to parent this, this generation of boys. Because... My sons, you know, prophet, Solomon, evangel- prophetic evangelist, like prophetic worshiper, they're never going to perpetrate. They're never going to walk in addiction. They're never going to be a prodigal because Papa God told me that there would not be one prodigal that came out of my home. Mm. 
-hmm. Now, what does that mean? It comes with a contract. I have to walk them into their destinies, right? Mm -hmm. He can say, we can say all day long, no prodigals in Jesus name, but who's going to walk with the generation? That's what we need right now. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. Wow, man. I just feel, I mean, this is like, all of this is so heavy, like in a good way. It's a good thing. Um, everybody just share, please share this. Like, please. Okay. So really quick though, I want to talk, not really, we don't have to go really quick. We can go a little, you know, we can, we can get into it. Uh, let's talk about the Mordecai anointing. Yeah. Okay. Cause like, that's yeah. kind of where your husband is. That's where a lot of other yes. men are called into. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is we, and Jeff and I were talking about this before we started, there's, there's a, a, a wave of a prophetic sound. And if I were to say like, what's riding the wave, it's the word Esther. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a wave rolling out of the prophetic sound right now, and it's labeled Esther. What we need to understand about the Esthers, because, you know, I am one, so I get it. Yeah. You know, I'm, a, I'm a Deborah, actually, the anointing on my life is a, is a, is a Deborah calling. Um, and a Barnabas actually, and mm. some different things because I'm called mm. to encourage. But anyway, the point is, is there's a whole generation of Esthers, powerhouse women of God. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you right now, a lot of them are carrying the orphan spirit. Wow. I, I run into women all day long, every day that are anointed, that are called, that are hungry, that are revivalists in the making, some of them flowing in signs and wonders but they are stunted in their growth and and not because they don't, they're not hungry or they're not obedient. They are, they're hungry and obedient, Mm. but they need a father. Mm. See Esther was planted in the right family. Okay. She was an orphan. Esther was an orphan whose mom and daddy had died. And there was one man, her cousin, who chose to arise in her life for two specific purposes, to protect her, to protect the anointing on her life, to protect the call, actually three three purposes, to protect the call of God, the destiny and the anointing on her life, to position her to fulfill the call, the destiny and the anointing on her life, and then to release her at the right moment, to um, uh, like a like a like a shotgun, like a catapult to catapult her into obedience. There was only one voice that could have inspired Esther to do what was unlawful, to go before the king, although she had not been called. There was only one voice that could have inspired her and released her from her solemn vow to not share her lineage. And it was the voice of Mordecai. Mm. We we value natural parents. We do massively. We value biological families. Even as a foster mom, I highly value the biological families of my children. However, we have an entire generation without biological families. This is is the crazy thing. Mm. There are no grandparents. Mm-hmm. Of all the kids that I have parented, one of them had a grandparent. Wow. Because many of them, their grandparents have died already of drug overdoses. There's, there's generational curses 
that take out grandparents, that take out the influence of the third generation. Mm -hmm. I had someone say once, you know, there's no, that we don't, you can't really tell if there's an Elijah anointing until the third generation. Mm. Like there's, there's a principle that says, if you're, if you have an Elisha in your life, but your Elisha doesn't raise up the next generation, you have not properly parented. Mm. And I, I believe that strongly. I believe it. You know, we need to teach our spiritual sons and daughters how to be spiritual parents. Okay. So here we have Mordecai. He's, you know, he, he, he was needed. He was necessary. If it wasn't for him, Esther would never have been rightly positioned to rescue a generation. So God is calling men, specifically men, to arise in this season and to look for opportunities to parent. Mm -hmm. It it, can be mentoring another father. It can be pouring into another father who's got children, right? It can be walking alongside another family. But most importantly, it's it. We need to come. Those men. We need the Mordecais to come alongside teenage boys and girls. Mm, so good. Yes. Because because they're the ones who are called to bring in the harvest. The mm-hmm. the the Lord told me specifically. He said, "You know, daughter, David was fourteen when he slayed Goliath, and Esther was fourteen when she rescued a generation." And Mary was 14 when she gave birth to the Messiah. Mm. There is a generation of 14-year-olds right now who need Mordecai's. And even if you don't adopt, you can still rise up in their lives. You can take them for coffees, take them down to Starbucks, take them to Dutch Bros, you know. Mm -hmm. They love Dutch Bros. Get them a sticker and get them a coffee. The West Coast thing, people. What Dutch Bros is the West Coast thing. That's that's true. (laughs) Take them down to the coffee shop, bless them, get them lunch. Listen to their stories and release identity Mm -hmm. and protect them. Right. There's this protection. That's what Mordecai was doing. He was protecting Esther. Mm-hmm. He was saying, I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to keep you safe. So you're not going to share your lineage. You're not going to run around and tell everybody who you are in the spirit realm. No, you're going to wait until the right moment. And then I will release you. Mm-hmm. And this is what we need. We need, you know, and I want to say also, we need mm-hmm. grandparents. The Mordecai anointing is in the grandparents. We, we need grandmas and grandpas. We need the gray hairs to arise mm-hmm. in the body of Christ. We need them to arise. Because I will tell you right now, my generation was not properly parented and we still need you. Mm-hmm. We need you to love us. We need you to see us. We need you to correct us. We need you to walk with us. We need you to, to, to love us. Yeah. yeah. So that we can be the parents we're called to be. Mm-hmm. Do you hear that, everybody? That's yet another person who is looking at the baby boomer generation and saying, "You need to start parent. You need to start parenting and grandparenting." Come on, people from our generations. Yes, you know. Uh, so that's yet another person. I, I actually released a word on here uh, a while ago, and then someone else said it again, and then you just said it again, and it's just going to keep getting brought up. Ooh. I think God's trying to drive a point home. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. He is. I hear the Lord saying, it's time for you to come out of the prayer closet mm-hmm. and to take up arms for the sake of your children's generation. Mm-hmm. I hear the Lord saying that um, there's actually duct tape 
The spirit of religion and the spirit of Jezebel partnered in the 60s and 70s to silence a generation of women. And I hear the Lord saying, I'm pulling the duct tape off the mouth of the baby boomer females in this season. And I hear the sound of repentance arising from the baby boomer men. I see them on their hands and knees with their hands on the feet of the women of their generation. I hear the spiritual fathers repenting for silencing a generation of women from the 60s and 70s. And I hear the Lord saying, Jezebel has been dethroned. And as Jezebel falls to the earth, Deborah will arise. We cannot have a generation of Esthers unless the Deborahs arise in this season and use their voices. Unless the Deborahs dance under the palm. Unless they teach their daughters to war, to take up arms for their homes, to stand in the gates. We need Deborahs in this season and and so we love you deborah we love you all my gray-haired grandmas that are listening to this right now we love you we bless you in the name of jesus and we ask you to come alongside us Mm. in jesus name come on come on yes (laughs) this is so awesome i love it so much um okay man we could go another three hours, I think, but you know what? Let's go ahead and just leave it there. We'll have you back. Don't even worry about it. I'm just going to say it now. We're going to, we'll book you again because there's so much more to talk about. This is, and I've been seeing in the comments, this is something that I, I, I was telling you before the, the show, <clears throat> show that the past two days, give or take, experiencing a lot of spiritual warfare. And I just felt it really heavy right before we got on to do this show. And um, yeah, man, I just, like there's just so much more to say and this is a conversation that needs to continue mm-hmm. um so yeah everybody if i didn't cover something that you were like i really wish you would have don't you worry we'll we'll hit it so um so, yeah mr jeff would it be okay if i prayed for you oh absolutely i'll I never say know. no i'll never I say i want to no. pray for you yes. and i want everybody who's with me in this oh, at this moment i want you to just reach out your hands toward your phone screens or toward your mm. computer screens right now because um there's a fathering anointing on jeff's life mm. Mm. there's a redemption a reconciliation anointing on jeff's life and i hear the lord speaking over you son you are very good mm. and you please me i delight in you I love you. You're a treasure to me. You are so cool. You are so cool. You're so amazing, son. And I see a, I see a, a map of territories. I see a map of territories. Mm. Yeah. And I see the Lord laying down lines on this map of territories. And I hear the Lord saying that there's a, there's a journey, a path. You're going on an adventure where you will take the territory. There's, there's, there's a new, new doorways, not to mix metaphors, but there's new territories for you to take. 
new lines for you to lay down. And I hear the Lord saying that there are blueprints being released to you right now. There are blueprints being released to you. I see you as an architect in the spirit realm. And I hear the Lord saying, I've blessed the blueprints in your hand, like I blessed the line in the hand of Zerubbabel, and I blessed the priestly anointing on Joshua's life. I hear the Lord saying that I will give you the territory. I will give you the territory. And I hear the Lord saying that there is a mantle in the spirit realm that maybe you've just been a little bit hesitant to pick up. And I actually see Papa God. He's carrying the mantle of a generation. He's carrying it right now. He's laying it over you in the spirit realm. Mm. I hear the Lord saying, you don't have to take it up, son, because I will drape you with the mantle of this generation. Mm. In Jesus' wow. name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean... <laughs> There's a, there's a lot I could say to that, but I'll just, I'll let it, I'll let it sit there. Cause it's, yeah, that's. Does that make sense to you? Does that work? Oh, absolutely. Sense? No, it absolutely does. Yeah. Awesome. There's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that got him been speaking to me over the weekend specifically. Um, so you just confirmed a couple of things. Yeah. Good. So you're, Praise you're God. right, right on the mark. Um, okay. Well with that, I would like you to pray for the viewers before yeah. we close out. Yeah. Yeah. As you yeah. feel led. Hmm. So I just I just want to come a little closer to the camera. I want you, whoever you are, I see you right now. I actually see a a lady sitting at a kitchen table right now. So if that's you, you can just drop it in the comments. But I, I hear the Lord saying, um, He's reaching into your heart right now and He's just pulling out. Uh, there's a root of fear being removed right now. And just uh, as a word of knowledge, I just see him pulling out this root, root of fear. I hear the Lord saying that um, that you're born to take risks. You're born to go where no man has gone before. And you are not timid. And I break that word curse off of your life right now in Jesus' name. I declare over you that you are brave and courageous. And that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I see over you the heart of a servant. You have washed the feet of those who preach the gospel. And I hear the Lord saying, I have seen your labor. I have seen your faithfulness. I see like cleaning bathrooms and serving cake and doing all these things that nobody, you know, nobody really sees you doing them, but God sees you serving. And so right now I just release the blessing of almighty God to you. And I declare over you that he's pleased with you. And there's, there's, there's a big risk in your future. And daddy God says, take it, do it, daughter, go for it, daughter. He's so excited to see um, you soar. And so right now, Father God, I pray over everyone who, who is listening to this, that they would have an encounter, face-to-face -face encounter mm. with Papa God's heart. I pray mm. right now, and I release to you the unlimited love of Papa God. He adores you. He delights in you. You are not an orphan. Mm. 
you are a treasured son. You are a treasured daughter. And I see him selling all to buy the field in which you have been hidden. And so I release sonship right now. I release sonship over you. I release belonging over you. And I hear the Lord saying right now, I'm dealing with some roots. I'm dealing with some wounds. I'm dealing with some hurts. But I do it so nicely, so kindly, so gently. And there's going to be good fruit come out of your lives. As you step into sonship, everything around you is going to become a reflection of your beautiful wholeness. I bless you with that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Mm. Amen. 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 Wow. Man. Yeah. So it looks like there was some people, there was two or there was one individual who was at a kitchen table. There was a woman. So yeah, you're, I saw them in the comments. So praise God. Yeah. Praise amen. God. Okay. Harmony. How can people, how can people follow you? And what yes. You yeah. Please go on Facebook and um, find my author page. It's Harmony M. Klingenmeyer, author and speaker. You can follow me there. You can follow me on YouTube. Um, if you go on YouTube, just look up Harmony Klingenmeyer. You'll find my videos there. And you can go to my website, which is heartheirvoices.net. And it's named after my first book. And you'll find my blog there. And you'll be able to purchase my book there. Um, and you'll be able to, uh, you know, I'll be doing events in the future. Um, and if you are, you know, if you're a pastor listening to this and you're interested in having, you know, someone come in and do a parenting seminar, a parenting conference, I'm so open and willing. I'm really, I really want to get the wisdom that Papa God has given Scott and me into the hands of the church. So mm. reach out to me through my website. You can email me through my website. And I would love, love just to, to hear from. And if you need prayer, if you need prayer, um, I'm so open. Just send me a message and I will pray for you. Mm. Amen. And everybody, you know the drill. It's all in the description. I already got all that stuff for you. So it's all in there. You can buy her book. You can go on her website. You can go to her different, her Facebook. I think even your Instagram might be there as well. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. we got it. We got it all. We got it all. So Harmony, thank you so much. This was amazing. Wasn't she great, everybody? This was amazing. <laughs> when I was going to bring you on, I, I told you this before, but I heard promotion. Like this is a season of promotion. And, um, you know, and so I'm really, really excited. Everybody just please, please, please. If there was ever an episode to share with people, it's this one. Like, please share this um, with people, you know, even their young parents or parents yes. or the people thinking about being parents, yes. uh, people that have just entered into the foster care system, maybe people who are in the foster care system and feel like they failed. Mm. Like, this is for them. God is about Ooh. redemption. He doesn't, he doesn't waste anything. Yes. He does not waste anything. So yes. please share this. Go follow her. Go go subscribe to her YouTube channel. Um, so show her some love there. We want to see that build up as well because uh, God's building up a platform for you, Harmony. And and this is a season of acceleration and promotion. So just just lean into it. Lean into Thank it. You, Thank yeah. You. So everybody, be blessed. It, this is a great episode. I'm fired up. I'm so fired up. Um, so everybody be blessed and we will see you on Friday. Bye. 
This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.